Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another weekly episode of The Social Circus. I'm your host, Sarah Thompson, and this week I am joined by the fabulous Kerry Ridley, who is the owner of My Little Bookshop, which happens to be one of my favorite bookstores local to me here in Perth. Now, Kerry was inspired to start her own business when life gave her an unexpected turn of events. And it was really about fulfilling a dream. So three years ago with a little renovated caravan and supply of pre-loved books, My Little Bookshop was born in the front yard of her Mandra home. Three years later, and My Little Bookshop has three mobile vans, a brick and mortar shop on the Rockingham foreshore here in Western Australia. Some of her highlights along the way include sponsoring Story Dogs, getting the contract to be the official bookseller at the State Theatre, supplying two Navy ships with a curated library of books, a finalist in the 2022 um, Chamber Awards locally, and sharing the joy of reading with a community of bibliophiles, which includes myself. Welcome, Kerry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, now I'm going to have to be really careful today because I'm such a book lover. I would talk all day, so I'm going to be watching my clock today. (laughs) (laughs) I have to just have a little precursor and say that you made me my little heart sing when you opened a bookshop because it makes me so sad that um, we have so few bookshops now and that the ones that do exist are not great and yours is just sublime. (laughs) Yes, it's gone back to um, maybe like the 70s and 80s when indie bookshops were more of a thing before the big franchises took over, really. And then they all kind of died a death and we were left with nothing, which is was just really sad. And um, south of the river here in Perth, we are so restricted in a number of bookshops. And so yours is like an oasis. I love going in there. It makes me, every time I come down to Rockingham to have lunch with my husband, which we quite often do on a Friday, I make him come in just to, um, I'm browsing, <laughs> which usually <laughs> involves a transaction at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, the funny thing you say that, um, as a per capita, uh, Perth has more indie bookshops than any other city in Australia. Wow. And, I know, but most of them are condensed within a 5K radius of the CBD. Ah. So that's why there's not sort of a lot, as you say, when you start going south of the river. Wow. Um, that's such cool facts. Thank you for sharing those. That's I had no idea. Um, so I guess my why, I'm really excited to have you on um, the podcast today because I'm going to do a little mini series on amazing entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs who have taken the brave leap of starting a business over 50, which you definitely qualify for. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and kind of what led you there, because you alluded to it a little bit in your bio. And I'm, I'm excited to share that with my listeners. Oh, this could go back a long, long way. However, <laughs> long story short, um, my background has always been administration, pretty much, or real estate. Mm-hmm. So prior to COVID, I was in government and then government is not the, the way that it used to be and they do a lot of redundancies. So I got made redundant from a government role. Then I thought, okay, I'll go back into real estate. And I was there a year. And that real estate office sort of said, yeah, we're cutting a lot. And I was in a PA role. And they said, look, we're cutting back on every non-essential. And and I was the one who said non-essential. 
And so that really did blindside me because I was just tootling along with my nine to five. Um, so I was not expecting that. And then, so I just went home and had the biggest pity party. <laughs> you know, I made Nigella Lawson cakes and I, I drank lots of bubbles and thought, what am I going to do now? You know, um. it was, especially being in that sort of 50 plus range because it's the biggest demographic that are being made redundant in Australia. And like you sort of see youth unemployment, you know, so in that capacity of, you know, administration and real estate, you know that at the end of the day, you are going to be, you know, interviewed maybe, but that's probably as far as you will get because of the hourly rate, you know, mm. it's cheaper to employ the younger people. So demoralizing, isn't it? So um, so that was your moment of, after your pity party, which I love included yeah. Nigella Cakes. <laughs> after that, <laughs> how far along were you when you kind of thought, I want to open a bookshop or I want to sell books? <laughs> you know, I spent and probably had the, the luxury, I must say, um, that I had about a month to figure out what I really, really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that encompassed basically bringing it down to the nuts and bolts. I still have another 20 plus year career ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So I might as well make it what I truly, truly love. Mm -hmm. um, so when I brought it back to nuts and bolts, I thought I've always loved traveling. Like well, I've traveled a lot prior mm -hmm. and um, I've always loved reading. So when we were kids and I was about 12, 13, my parents sort of, quit their jobs and took us as a family around Australia in a big caravan. Wow. The best experiences of my life. Mm. So my brain said, oh, okay, I like reading. Why can't I put books in a caravan and just, you know, traipse around Western Australia? How hard can that be? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and so that's where the seed started. And the minute I knew that, I was you know, on the computer, okay, how do I make this work? Amazing. And um, so what was your, because I, I have to just make a comment to the listeners, please check out my little bookshop online. She has a gorgeous Instagram account. And um, if you are in Perth and you get to see her little vans or you can visit the store in Rockingham, your branding and everything is so beautiful and unique and so vibrant and attractive. And so how did you, like, I have to be honest, from the outside looking, you have this amazingly professional business. And so nothing about it looks like you were a novice. <laughs> Well, I still am. <laughs> well, I am I'm, learning, I'm learning every day. Amazing. So what was your, so you've got your little van, you've got some pre-loved books and you've got the internet. Hurrah. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so where did your journey start and how did you get, how did you, like, where did you sell your first book? I actually sold my first book in Fremantle. Mm -hmm. It was being on a Facebook business page that mm -hmm. got me started. And I thought, oh, I'll just introduce myself and my van and that we are like, you know, available for events. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how to contact market or organizers or anything. So it was by chance that a lady from the National Trust in Fremantle said, oh, my gosh, we're doing a rock and read kids reading festival at one of the at Samson House in Fremantle would you possibly be able to come along 
And I said, yes, sure. So we took the big van. I had all pre-loved books. Mm -hmm. And it was from there that I met a lot of WA local authors and then started to stock their books, which was a lot from like Fremantle Press. Amazing. Yeah, so that was a by chance. Wow. So a really lucky break. Um, And then from there, you became kind of the market lady. (laughs) I did. And you know what? It's a lot of um, hard work because you see a lot of events that go on and you go there as the the consumer or the customer or the Mm -hmm. crowd. But it was like, well, where do I find the person who organises all these things? Mm. So I had to do a lot of investigating, even for local markets. So once I got that sussed, um, it was quite sort of easy to go, okay, I will go along to that. Now, the caravan is such a visual thing Mm. that within three months, I had markets like urban farmers markets emailing me. Wow. Oh my gosh, my friend saw you at this market and she runs this market. You know, would you be able to to come along to ours? And and that's sort of how the ball started rolling, really. Amazing. And you do have these really cute little retro vans that are just so beautifully decked out in terms of how they display the books. Um, it's it's a real experience. So for Perth people, hunt her down and find her and her team now of vans. Um, so that was that was how you grew. So you went from one to two to three and then to a retail front, which I have to say is a huge leap of faith. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially since we're still in a pandemic. Yes, coming to the end of, um, and that's one of the the funny things is that when I started my business, it was seven months later that COVID kicked in and lockdowns kicked in. So generally speaking, in a once my business got more professional, I've only ever known how to run my business in in COVID. Wow! Um, so that's all of these things prior. It just sounds like a dream to me of how the book industry actually works. But Mm. I've only ever dealt with the reality of what we are doing now. Um, And I've always thought with the three vans, it got to a capacity. Mm -hmm. So it was a case of, well, I've got two choices here. I can either open, grow up a little bit and open a bricks and mortar store, or I can take the mobile traveling bookshops over to the east coast because we got sort of a bit of a fan base over there via the social medias yep at the end of the day as we're discussing women over 50 in sort of Mm -hmm. that entrepreneurship business sense i actually thought to myself oh do i really want to do that Mm. you know so when the opportunity came along for a space on the foreshore I thought, no, that's where I'm going to go and that's where I'm going to head because there were still those little factors of, well, there could be another border closure. We don't really know what, you know, delays, restrictions, et cetera, could be coming if I decided to go and move the business over east as well. Yes. So that's why um, we got the shop. Yes, and the shop is beautiful. And tell me, so that by that point when you opened the shop, you were somewhat established, had a really great brand, really well known, but it's a it's a really big, big thing to sign a lease and put your name over a door and to be fair, an amazing shop fit out. <laughs> yeah. 
so oh I'm I look it makes my heart sing every time I walk in there if I'm ever in a grump I think I should just go down there and pop in (laughs) so how did that feel kind of taking that really big step to sign a lease and open an actual retail space as you said still in a pandemic um to be honest I I didn't really have a lot of time to panic and absorb Mm -hmm. the enormity of it yes because of the delays and then we had floods here in Australia as well so actually my flooring was still over east and Mm. it literally turned up two weeks before the shop was due to open I had these visions of having the shop open or finished six weeks prior and then I could just finalize some things but the reality was half of the stock wasn't delivered all of them kinds of things that we're all facing today. Yes. And I thought, well, I'm opening anyway. Yes. So I really literally did have two weeks of full on of living in the shop and at home. So I didn't have time to to panic, I think. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't until I opened and then about a week later when I managed to sit down and go, phew, that I thought, oh, my gosh, I cried. Because I thought I have a shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, congratulations! I'm, I'm sure you don't hear it enough, but it's such a it's such a thrill to know someone who has this beautiful space. And so, from from opening your retail space, you have done some very cool, creative, innovative things that I think that any young whippersnapper coming up behind you should be going, "Wow!" Because you run a really interesting business. It's not just a bookshop, is it? No, it's not. I'm very much about community. Mm-hmm. I'm very much about empowering women. I'm very much about um, inclusivity, especially like I have a, um, a 35-year-old daughter who has cerebral palsy. So mm-hmm. with her growing up, there was nothing for her with books and stories about her. Mm-hmm. It was only, you know, guides for parents. So I was very aware of, finding the smaller publishers so that kids today can see themselves in stories. Mm. I was very much aware of having a wheelchair access, wheelchair friendly shop layout. Um, So I found these little niches along the way because as you were talking before about the major franchises, they don't cater for that. No. They are mass market appeal. Mm. So they turn the books over two to three weeks. That's it. You're out the door. Mm. And traveling around WA, the amount of people, whether they be teachers, educators, doctors, whatever, um, or even parents that were like, oh, my gosh, you have this. I want this book because I can't find it anywhere. So Mm. that little niche grew. So now with that, we do our teachers' afternoons. Yes. Because it's a lot of those books that the teachers are wanting mm-hmm. that, you know, as a curriculum, they don't maybe necessarily get them from the education yes. department. So, yeah. yeah, so there's all of these fun, different things that you can do. Like we had a comedy night recently. Yes. Sold out, had a waiting list. We sold so many books on that night as well. Mm. And the community loved it. Because yeah. it's something different and set in a bookshop. Amazing. And um, I'm, I love that. I wanted to attend that and I was busy that night, unfortunately. But I was uh, privileged enough to attend a women's networking event, that, which I thought was, again, so innovative. And you had got, um, it was run by a local networking group and we had 
the local publisher there and, and she presented a book and it was just so like that any, anything in a bookshop is like I'm living my dream <laughs> so, <laughs> you know I, I love that and can we talk a little bit about your book clubs because you do have some really diverse book um, clubs as well so um, yes we've got um, three up and running now so mm-hmm. we have two, what should we say, two general book clubs mm-hmm. and then we have one lesbian book club as well. So, and that's another thing that people were asking, where are, you know, just like a chick novel basically, yes. but with lesbians in it. Yes. So that's what they're sort of looking for that they find, you know, it difficult to get anywhere. So, so that's come about. And I just think it's wonderful for the area because there is a big demographic of the queer community. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually think in this area as yet they're being catered for enough. So mm-hmm. that's why these, um, yeah, these events have popped up and the queer community are embracing it, which is fantastic. Oh, I love hearing that. And I love it when I walk in there that you have these, um, you have sections of books, including an LGBTQI section, and you have these sections of books where, where if I walk into a traditional bookshop or heaven forbid, Big W to buy books, they, they're just not there. And so not only are you a beautiful indie bookshop, but you stock, you know, locals, um, diverse, this beautiful range of books, which I think is amazing and inspiring. And I'm so thrilled that you do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, probably because I'm, you can see me obviously and at the moment I have pink hair um, <laughs> and I've always been that little bit quirky, you know, when we lived overseas and I would come home and I'd be wearing sort of like the Indian outfits mm. because that's just what I would wear and, you know, my kids would be horrified when I come home. <laughs> Mum, you're back in Australia. So I've always had, um, I guess, that I feel like I'm catering for those on the on the periphery, on yes. the outer edge, because they just can't find anything. And I just, at the end of the day, I always think to myself, you know, just treat people how you'd like to be treated yourself. Mm. And if I can help anyone put a smile on their face because they can find the book that they're wanting or they can come to an event where it's a safe space, then yeah. it's like I've done my job and I feel successful just by doing that. Oh, you're making me feel all emotional, Kerry. Um, <laughs> I, I love, it makes me so happy. And um, I, I've got two teenage sons and I talk to them a lot about inclusivity and, and the importance of representation. Um, and it's something that I feel really passionately about that the more people see themselves reflected in the media, which includes books, the, the more diverse our society is and the more comfortable everybody becomes with each other. And that's what we really want, a society where we all like each other and feel happy and comfortable, you know. So I'm excited. Thank you for thank you for helping pave the way for that, especially here south of the river, like you say, um, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of choice around for that. Yes, yes, that's right. And just to um, make it even funnier, we have little board books that, you know, for the littlies that are transgender or there's two dads or there's two mums or there's you know the little one in a wheelchair and things like that that if you start out when they're very little and they see that as part of the community or as themselves then I always think to myself I'm just doing my little bit to hopefully make the next generation that little bit more wonderful 
And mm. I'd have to say than what we are as a generation at this point. I agree. And um, I, I love that. And I actually had a really interesting experience with my sons the other day. Um, they were talking, they were talking in the car, you know, how they often forget that you're like, like yes. you're an Uber driver or something. And they were chatting about someone at their school. And um, my youngest son, who's 14, has a transgender student in his year. And they've been transgender at the school for two years. And they were talking about a teacher who was a bit crappy about um, speaking to this child. And I said to my son, oh, you've never mentioned you've got a transgender student in your year. And he goes, why do I need to? Exactly. And yeah. I was like, oh, and then I kind of caught myself thinking, oh, I felt so proud that my child felt like that and so proud that it wasn't an issue. And that's where we need to get to as a society. It's like not important. It's not needed to be discussed. It just is. Yes, it's not a question anymore. Yes, and I actually had a moment of thinking, wow, Sarah, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> We're work in progress, aren't we? <laughs> well, yes. Well, I'm the over 50 bracket, so I'm learning <laughs> lots. And I love it, as you say, um, that it's not a big deal for the younger generation. Like my youngest daughter is 26. She's building her first house. And I said to her, I said, do you realise that you are the first woman in our family, extended family, et cetera, that has brought a house on her own? And she's yeah. like, yes, yeah, so? And I just thought, oh, my God, that's the best answer ever. <laughs> first like, in family is so significant. It's it's so significant for future generations when people are first in family. Um, it's something I studied a lot in communications and the changes we can make to culture all hinge on first in family. So my mum was the first in family to be university educated and I have followed in her footsteps and it just it changes us. So um, she is paving the way. So well done to you, Kerry. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Well, I did say to her when we're going, we were going travelling out to the spare block and I said to her, right, now we're going to play Helen Reddy, I Am Woman, the whole way there. <laughs> and you know what? She did. <laughs> I love it. That's so cute. Brilliant. Now, look, I, 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 do, I do need to mind my time and I do want to ask you a couple of really important questions. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all about your beautiful business. But um, I know that a lot of my listeners are over 50 and I know that and I've encountered it myself, the ageism that we face. So when we meet people and I think particularly we often feel quite insecure when we're new in business and we think, oh, people probably think I've been in business for 20 years because of my age. If someone encounters that ageism, what's your thoughts on how we can handle how particularly in our head not necessarily how we respond but how do we manage those little mind monkeys I'm too old <laughs> um I, I don't I I just ignore them and move on because they're not important to me if mm. I come across uh, people who are very much they will pat you on the head and be oh how cute how quaint you have a little bookshop mm. and yeah, sometimes the response in my head is never good. Um, <laughs> what actually comes out is, and you are. <laughs> oh, um, I love that. Um, yes, because I just think to myself, I'm over 50. I've, I've been around, you know. Mm. I'm not that self-conscious young woman. So I really, unless they are important to me in my life, my business, Mm. And I just disregard it because I, I literally think I don't have the time or the inclination for you. I'm sorry. Oh, move on. You're and even more awesome. Maybe that's a good thing about it being is. older in business. 
I do think that you do care less about other people and you do have more innate confidence, which I really am loving settling into myself as I get older and I'm actually enjoying that process. Um, and I look back at, um, I certainly, if someone has spoken to me when I was younger, I would always take the fight. Um, and like you, as you say, in my head, I'm like, you moron. And I, and I don't even dignify it with a response. I'm just like, <sighs> and I, I, I have a very scathing, um, nasty face. <laughs> so I can almost say nothing and cut people to shreds. Um, but as I get older, I feel less inclined to do that. Like you say, you're just like, oh, just jog on. And I do, I do love that about aging is that that innate confidence that we get that I just don't think you can have when you're younger. That's right. I think when you're younger, um, and if people had said things like that to me at the time, I would have probably gone home and done all the self-doubt. Mm. And and what have I done? And, and all of them, and oh my gosh, I need to make myself better. But being 55, it's like, actually, you're not really that important. Sorry, I've got better things. <laughs> it really is a, a different time in life. Yeah. It is. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And my last question that I do want to ask you is, is if some of my listeners are out there and they're thinking, I would like to start a business, but I think I'm too old. Um, what would your advice be to, to that? I don't think you're ever too old. Um, maybe do a little bit more research than probably what I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I always think it's that kind of Richard Branson thing. Just, mm. just start and give it a go. The worst that can happen if it doesn't work out is you'll lose some money, but mm. you still have yourself and your self-worth to go on to something different. Ooh, Ooh juicy <laughs> advice, Kerry. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and I, I also think I, I love that that was your dream to have a bookshop. And I love that you just thought I want to do something that I love because I think a lot of us will get to the end of our life and kind of go, I wish I'd tried. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just think, you know, nowadays we are probably that generation that, you know, maybe we even see the next generation of women who are in their mid-60s, say, who are kicking goals out there in the world. Mm. And we see that. And obviously the younger generation see us. But I just think that if you don't give it a go, yes, there's always going to be a regret. Yeah. You know? So I just, as a, not even a piece of advice really, but just I'd say just get out there and do it because there are so many women out there nowadays in the over 50 bracket doing their own business and doing their own thing and they are kicking so many goals, which is great. Oh, including yourself. <laughs> compliment yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh look Kerry I can't even express my gratitude I'm so thrilled to have had you as a guest on my podcast I am I'm such a fangirl <laughs> and I think you've probably heard me say that um if I wasn't doing what I do now my dream would be to own a bookshop because I love books so much and preferably a cafe bookshop not where I had to make any food where I could just drink coffee all day as well um That's so nice. I I love what you do. If you ever sell, please consider me. Um, but uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your um, vast wisdom and knowledge and fun with us all. It's been delightful to have you on the show. Um, for all of my listeners, um, in the show notes will be the links on how you can stalk Kerry on her amazing Insta account. Check out her um, website. And if you're local here in Perth, please come and visit her at the Rockingham Foreshore because it will make your heart sing. Thank you, Kerry. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a buzz when I get invited to something. It always blows my mind. So thank you. My pleasure. And to all my listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you the same time on The Social Circus next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.